podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. Today's conversation is on a topic that is the foundation of any relationship. Trust. The inspiration for this topic is actually the incredibly heartbreaking state of affairs in which we as a nation left Kabul, Afghanistan. I know that shedding light on this issue will make you feel quite the opposite of high vibe, but it's important. My father is a world-renowned health economist and he has brought life-saving healthcare reform to millions, if not billions of people worldwide throughout his career at the World Bank, which he retired from last year. Prior to his retirement, he was working a very risky and complicated mission to bring healthcare reform to Afghanistan, a nation divided between Western occupation and the control of a terrorist group called the Taliban. In his missions, he got to meet and speak with incredible Afghani government officials, interpreters, government workers, military members, and bodyguards. They are incredibly brave and bright men and women whose hope for a better future for themselves, their families, and their country is beyond words. These people risked everything, their lives and the lives of their loved ones, to help us to help the U.S. bring security and reform to Afghanistan and consequently to the entire region as much as possible. They were promised lasting change, true reform, and in the event of that plan failing, refuge in America or at the very least protection from harm for themselves and for their families. The extent of what was promised is privy information that only the United States intelligence and the United States government really can attest to. I don't know the extent of the exact terms or guarantees that were given, and neither does my father. But I do know that as a fellow human being, I cannot imagine risking my life and the lives of my family without some sort of trade-off that made sense. And that is at least what I heard and that all these brilliant, brave, hopeful people were told that we wouldn't leave them behind to die if push came to shove. But for some reason, whether strategically or because of an oversight, our government did leave them behind after years of serving alongside our troops and alongside our government workers, those who had risked so much to help us are being brutally tortured and murdered by the Taliban because we removed our troops before getting them out safely. I will spare you the gruesome details of what is being done to them, especially to the women and to their families, which 
now are being found out by the Taliban. People who had spent almost two decades of their lives isolated from those that they loved in exchange for a visa for themselves and for their families have found themselves abandoned by the people who they trusted with their lives and with their future. How could we leave them behind to die after all that they did for us? How come we were only able to get so few of them out on time? Why didn't we have a better strategy or plan or sequence of events? And what will happen now? Will we ever have allies like them again? Will anyone be able to trust us again? Will they turn on us or be brainwashed to hate us, to avenge that betrayal? Will it even require any brainwashing? Because what would you do if that was you? whose trust had been broken, if it was you whose family was being tortured and killed. Ironically, trust is the most common word used in the English language, but it may mean different things to different people. So maybe it would be helpful to break down the concept of trust into specific qualities and behaviors so that it can be more easily understood. There are some qualities that contribute to building and sustaining trust in relationships with partners, friends, family members, employees, co-workers, citizens, and allies. First and foremost, there's boundaries. Can I trust you to be clear about what is okay and not okay in this relationship? Can I trust you to understand and respect my boundaries? Are you willing to say no and respect my need to say no? Do you understand that setting boundaries is often one of the most loving things that we can do in our relationships? This goes back to the podcast episode that I did once about saying yes to saying no, and the fact that when we stretch ourselves too thin and we are, you know, we're bound to fail to deliver on our promise, and when we say yes to something that violates our boundaries or our needs, we instantly create resentment. So having clearly defined boundaries of what you like and what you don't like what you want and what you don't want, and what you can and what you cannot do is vital for any relationship to work, including our relationship with ourselves. And then, of course, there's reliability. Will you follow through and do what you say that you're going to do? Can I trust that you won't overpromise on your ability or capacity to complete tasks or projects? Are you able to balance competing priorities? Can I trust these things about you consistently over time? Are you sure of who you are and how important I am to you? Am I sure of those same things? Reliability stems in great part from reflection and awareness of our own truths. And next comes accountability. Can I trust that when you make a mistake that you will own up to it or apologize or make amends? Am I willing to hold myself accountable for the mistakes I make as well? Because at the end of the day, we are humans, not gods, not robots, not perfect. We are bound to make mistakes. We are bound to miscalculate or misunderstand or even simply change our minds. But owning up to that is what will preserve trust or at least should preserve trust even when we fail to deliver on our promises. And sometimes just I'm sorry won't cut it. We need to put our actions where our words are and right our wrongs. There's also the question of 
Are we able to be a vault when needed? Do you hold in confidence what I share with you? Do we hold in confidence what others have shared with us when those stories are not ours to share? Are we able to know something that is better not shared, even if that person doesn't say so, if, if, if that person doesn't ask us to keep secret? Are we able to safe keep anything that would be harmful if spread around the wrong years? Then there's one of my favorite topics, integrity. Can I trust that you will act from, an in, from your integrity, including choosing courage over comfort, choosing what's right over what's fun or fast or easy, and practicing your values and not just professing them? Can you trust that I know who I am and I don't fear being myself, even if it displeases you and others, even if that may come with serious judgment from society, even if it makes me an outcast? Usually, for the former to be true, there must also be non-judgment. Do I know that I can fall apart and be in struggle and pain and that you won't judge me? Do I trust that you will reach out to me when you are also in pain and struggle so that I can have the opportunity to be supportive? Are we able to regularly offer and ask for help from each other? Are we both okay with interdependency? Are we able to be vulnerable and to make space for the other to be comfortable with their vulnerability? And lastly, there's the need for generosity. Will you assume that my intentions are good? And when you're not sure, will you check in and, and, and ask me if my intentions are pure? Can we make generous assumptions and interpretations of ourselves and others in terms of words, behaviors, and actions? Are we able to set aside our egos and our projections of our fears and remember that the world does not revolve around us and that the benefit of the doubt normally sheds life or light on truth, more so than fear-based speculation does. Trust is an important and tender aspect of all relationships because it requires us to choose to be vulnerable and courageous. When we have learned to distrust someone, it's usually because we've come to understand that what we share with them or what's important to us is not safe with that person. Feelings of trust tend to be built in small moments, such as when we show up for each other, when we listen, when others are upset, and when we prioritize our important relationships over other people and other things. In addition to being important in marriages and other intimate relationships, trust is actually essential to what makes human communities of all kinds work. In other words, without trust, there can be no meaningful connection between people. It is incredibly tempting to say what others want to hear and to be a people pleaser, to avoid conflict, to get what we want, even though it may not be what we need. Politicians do it all the time. New relationships normally are filled with that too. The good old walking on eggshells. We may know from a basic level that we're better off being our full, real, raw selves from the get-go, but we have been groomed by social norms to fear that being ourselves will lead to rejection. And oftentimes, we are more afraid of rejection than of disappointment, even though the latter hurts so much more. As a kid, the word disappointment used to be the key word that my parents used to teach me to become a better person. And to this day, my fear of disappointing others and disappointing myself is actually what keeps me real in many ways. Sure, I still only share my highlight reels on social media for the most part, but those are still true sides of me, just curated so that you only see those and nothing else that contradicts that image. But that is not how I ever started off relationships that meant something to me, at least not since I became an adult. In fact, the first thing that I said to my now husband, Scott, when we first met in college was, I cannot be trusted. 
I have cheated on every single one of my boyfriends and monogamy is very hard for me. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even sure if that was really true about me or if that had just been my experience up until that moment. It still shocks me that I was that honest, but I felt something for him that I didn't feel for anyone else and it scared me so much that I needed to be open because I didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want to lose the possibility of that relationship being real. In a way, it was as if I was in a trance when I said it. It probably was my first upfront moment ever. And yes, I had some mishaps, but overall, our relationship um, you know, hasn't really strayed that much from, from, that, uh, from that openness, that level of honesty. Um, and I haven't really been the self-admitted, untrustworthy person that I was when he met me. And our relationship is the best relationship that I know. I actually want to interview him here, actually co-host an episode with him here so that he can share his perspective on what has made our dynamic so incredibly successful compared to so many others. Being 100% honest about everything at all times is something that has united us. And there are many times that we are unsure of what our boundaries are and what we don't want to hear from each other. But when in doubt, we always choose truth and it works. It works because we trust that we have each other as a priority over everything and everyone. Well, I personally am disappointed with the way that our government handled the Afghanistan situation. I am heartbroken for the many people whose trust we broke as a nation. And I hope that this is a lasting lesson in history, ours and of the world. And that as individuals, we learn that once trust is lost, all else falls apart with it. And... That is all we have for today. Thank you for being with me and for listening to me and for being a part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate. Looking forward to your outreach at highvibeadvocate.com and your follow on Instagram at highvibeadvocate. And as always, looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday.